Thank you, Scott. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, if you're visiting, good morning and welcome to 6-8. I'm really, really glad you're here. It is uh, quite hard to remember names for me, so be, uh, be gentle as I forget your name. <laughs> and uh, I met Jennifer and Steve. That was right, right? I met them this morning. Um, and I want to meet anybody else who's, who's here for the first time. Uh, and by the way, new visitors, there are mugs back there with little goodies in them. Grab those before you leave. And you, every morning you can be praying for the church as you drink your coffee. But anywho, let's uh, recap. The first week in this series, uh, which is called Everyone Gets to Play, uh, we looked at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, saying that some of us exemplify these five ministries uh, uh, of apostle, of prophet, of, of uh, what is it, pastor, teacher, evangelist, all these different five ministries in order to build them into the rest of the church, into the rest of us, right? Ministries, by the way, that... so so. I, th- I believe that we, like some of these, some people in the church are gifted in these ways so that we watch them, we learn from them, we glom onto what they're doing, we, we get taught by them, and we get drawn out into these ministries and things like that. But these ministries are not a- exclusive just to those people only gifted in them. Rather, they are gifted in them so that they would serve the church in building us up to practice those ministries ourselves. Now, be, let me be very, very clear. Uh, this doesn't make these people super Christians, right? That's my wife says, you know, like she, she's very good at reminding me. That sounds like some people are better than others. No, that's not what we're saying at all. Remember, they, these other people are learning from our example as well, from our gifts as well. It's just that these five ministries are especially directed towards the fulfilling of the church's calling as we see uh, in reaching the nations, as we see in Matthew 28. No one is excluded from practicing, practicing and extending uh, the kingdom of God. We're all called to that, right? Jesus is training his church in this endeavor. He's bringing us along in this, this, this whole task. Now remember, we've said that right belief leads to right behavior or right practice, right? That we need to be informed by the Word of God and, and, and led by His Spirit and ministry in ministry in good ways, doing the things that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You remember that? And we don't do this alone. Matthew 28, Jesus says, I'm going with you, right? I'm never going to leave you in this ministry. And we remember that the Holy Spirit accompanies us along with the gift of Christian fellowship. We do this in the body with with other Christians around us. All this ministry that God has called us to, which we saw, I think, in action through an example of listening prayer two weeks for four people up front, uh, which was very powerful, if you remember that. And last week, we said that ministry is taught, caught, and practiced, right? As we watch Jesus and we watch others do ministry and invite us into this kingdom lifestyle, so to speak. So as we're sent out to care for people in very practical ways, teaching the word and healing those, those people who need it, God's working all the time. God is always out there working in people's lives. We may not see it until we take the risk to step out in faith and actually minister to people, right? 
And we heard the story of Alicia and Lindley and Rachel doing ministry to their neighbors, and we want more of that happening as 6-8 grows in this presence of Jesus Christ in our life, gaining His heart for ministry, filled with the Spirit, moving forward in all this stuff. So for that, one thing that we have to remember is that we need that empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to fill us up and, and be listening to Him and moving out uh, with us. So today we begin with one verse. This is Acts 4.31. This is the Pentecost has already happened. The Spirit has fallen on these guys. They've already done a whole bunch of ministry. And now, you know, they've been through some stuff. They've done some stuff. They've had some hard times. And now they're all praying. And they're praying for clarity. And they're praying for all this stuff. And, and after they prayed, it says, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the Word of God boldly. So we see here the earliest Christians empowered by this Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live the message of the Gospel. The the Spirit's power bringing boldness in their preaching of the Word. Something is happening here. And what we realize is that in ministry, we have an impossible task. Ministry is absolutely impossible. But it is only possible in Jesus, right? Right? So we have an impossible task that's only possible in Jesus. It is impossible in our own strength. But in relationship to Jesus, there is something divine that is implanted within us. There is something divine in us. The Holy Spirit empowers us to participate in the kingdom of God among peoples, of building the kingdom of God in in peoples that don't yet know Him, and even building the kingdom of God within our own ranks here. I recently told all the leaders in two different leadership meetings that I could fake all this Christian stuff for a while. You know, I could fake this spiritual formation talk, right? Uh, There are times when I, as a pastor, uh, also feel dry, where I also feel far from the Lord, where things, when things aren't going well in my life, that's very natural, Like you, I am susceptible as well to the stresses and the temptations that my sinful nature affords me. I am also one of the imperfect Jesus uses. And some of you are very aware of that as you've known me for years. And although at times I'm simply responsible to go through the motions, I have a job. You know, I don't always feel it. I go through the motions. Despite how I feel, I have to do my stuff. Faking it isn't my goal. Not at all. Since all this is not about me, this is about Christ's ministry through me. Right? It's not about how I feel at any given moment. It's about Jesus. So I want, my goal is to grow more deeply in Jesus through godly spiritual formative practices to, to operate out of the Word and operate out of the leading of the Holy Spirit's power in my life to serve the church and serve the community well in what God gives me to do and what God puts before me. I mean, I'm no different than any other Christian out there, right? But I cannot lead you where I cannot go. I cannot lead you where I'm not willing to go. I've got to be willing. And as a result, as you know, last week I told you, this past week I went to get prayed over for five hours. And they told me to come back. I must be really screwed up. <laughs> he said, let's, let's call and get another appointment, Jason. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was phenomenal. 
It was phenomenal. Now, I just tell you that to let you know that your, your pastor is always seeking growth. I should. Your pastor is always reading. Your pastor is always seeking to learn more about ministry, to, to be fixed myself by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. Right? I need it. I need it, and I'm, and I'm taking those steps to do it. In Matthew 19, pointing out the impossibility, <laughs> the absolute impossibility of the rich man to enter the kingdom of God, right? Because you, you couldn't just talk the guy into the kingdom. He's got some roadblocks, right? Jesus says in verse 26, he says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's a positive statement. And what we see is that in, in ministry, when we only rely on our wit, our intellect, our communication skills, our psychology, or what have you, we realize very quickly that ministry kind of goes dead in the water. Stop. It just stops in its tracks. It doesn't really happen. It doesn't hit the mark. Something, there's no power in it. Kingdom ministry is a divine partnership. It's not just about uh, doing the work disconnected from the voice of God, disconnected from the, the Word of God. And by the way, it doesn't matter how eloquent or smart you are and all that kind of junk. It only matters is if you are listening and following the Holy Spirit's lead in your life. Historically, all the great sort of uh, spiritual movements in history have come about through God's people in obedience to God's word. In other words, right thinking, listening intently to the Spirit's leading in what to do, right practice. All the great spiritual awakenings began that way. They always do. Connected to the voice of God, connected to Jesus' presence. The haystack movement, a handful of students, I think it was back in the end of the 1800s, gathered by a haystack out in a field to pray for all the world's people groups, what Kara was just talking about, all the world's people groups out there who don't yet know Jesus, and they birthed the modern missions movement. Before that, missions largely was non-existent. They were obedient to the Word, and they were listening and following the Holy Spirit's lead. And they changed the world. In short, ministry, moving hearts, changing lives for the sake of the kingdom is absolutely beyond our ability without the empowering work of the Word and the Spirit in our lives. And the older I get, the more I come to realize this. We are simply a conduit as we follow the Lord's leading. We are simply a conduit. So it's not just about being right in what we say theologically out there with people. It's listening to the Spirit's voice which leads us in power in what to do for people and also what to proclaim over people. The power of the Spirit exhibited through us authenticates the message that we preach just like the original disciples. Right? There was a time, and I've told you this before if you've been around for a while, but I'll tell you again. There was a time at 6-8 when we were experiencing all kinds of little relational fires all around the church. Just all kinds of relational conflicts. And desperately, we tried to talk people off the cliff. 
right? Using our best communication techniques, you know, all that kind of stuff. We just tried so hard to talk people off the cliff, but it just seemed to make it worse, a fan the flames, or it, or it, seemed, it proved ineffective. It didn't really work. And it wasn't until we implemented prayer shields for our leadership where every single person on leadership had to recruit a group of people, at least five big, that would pray for them at least five minutes a day, five days a week, about their ministry and about their life. And once they recruited those, and once those prayer shields started praying for our leadership, all those little fires went out. It was, it was amazing. It changed the face of our church. And my task, one of my tasks now is just to remind leadership, keep up your prayer shields, keep up your prayer shields. Keep, I, it's, it's hard to remember. I have to remember to do it. See, people are complicated beings who don't make logical sense. We like to think that we make logical sense, but we don't, do we? I don't know if you've figured that out yet. But have children, you really realize it. You know, just get close to somebody, you realize it. People don't make logical sense. They can't or they will not sometimes see their own issues. Even though it's, if it's like right in front of their face, they can't see it. They won't take it in. Or maybe they see it and their just pride just stands in the way. They don't at times listen to simple reason, right? So, ministry without the power of the Spirit is much like this conversation. Take a look at this video. Oop, not that one. That's where it's supposed to go. It's just... There's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me. And I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head. And it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like... There's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. (laughs) Ow! Come on. If you would just... Don't! (laughs) Try to see things my way. Oh my God. That is one of those videos that I, I just, no matter how many times I watch it, I just think, and I, by the way, I do not play that to make fun of women. I am not, uh, there's one that is equally funny uh, and communicates basically the same thing that pokes fun at guys, but there's a little language in, in it that's unsuitable for a worship service, so I chose this one. That's the only reason, right? But the point is, that it is just difficult to speak sense into people at times. It is so difficult. They can't see it. There must be a divine movement for them to recognize a nail in their forehead, right? There's so much going on inside a person 
that we can't trust our ability to simply lead them through things when we're possibly addressing demonic oppression or influence or physical disease or traumatic past experiences or get them to see the nail in their forehead without the Spirit's power and the conviction of the Word in their hearts. So we, as believers, speak truth according to what the Scriptures teach and power into the lives of people as the Spirit reveals where to touch their hearts, how to say it, what to say, what the Lord is saying to them, not what I want to say to them. I remember once being pressured by a friend to address uh, something in my life. They were confronting me on an issue, and deep down, I knew in my spirit that they were right, but my pride was in the way. I was being blinded. I just did not want to change. It was bottom line. You know, I was just being a jerk, by the way. And eventually, I complained to another brother, like we always do, right? And, and, and this wise brother, who was in touch with the Spirit, said, I feel pressed to, to ask you. The, the Spirit is telling me to ask you this question. Never mind what so-and-so says. Never mind what they say. What is God saying to you about this issue? And I, man, it just melted me. My pride dropped, and I had to make the change. It's different when God speaks to you, isn't it? My pride wants to speak to you. I want to be the one that fix you. But only God can really change your heart. Jesus was clear that the thinking of humankind nullifies the great range of possibilities out there, right? But connected to the Spirit, connected to the Word of God, dreaming God-sized dreams is exactly what the Church of Christ does. We have an invitation to the Spirit. We have this invitation, and He is waiting for us to engage. John chapter 20, 21 through 23, Jesus is appearing to the disciples after His resurrection, filling them with the Holy Spirit, and He said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And this is really strange. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Resurrected Jesus. Breathed out on his disciples, and they received this power of the Holy Spirit, and they were sent out into the world to preach the, the kingdom and to heal the sick. And part of the message is, your sins are forgiven in Jesus. Isn't it interesting that sometimes we need that verbal affirmation from another believer in that truth? For somebody to say that to us. We are the conduit of Jesus' ministry and Jesus' words to people, Right? Turn to somebody right now and say, your sins are forgiven in Jesus today. Go ahead and do that. Now, doesn't that feel good? Doesn't it feel good to know that? It does. Here's a question. It's a serious question. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Let that one hang. Have you received the the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm a believer. My theology dictates to me that we receive the Spirit at the moment of salvation. But there are times when there's a filling of the Spirit. It's just a strange thing that we don't fully understand. And for some of us, that moment of salvation isn't always so clear. And that's fine. 
That's fine. But it does need to be considered. The question does need to be asked. A friend of mine, Stephen Smallman, where is this book? Wrote this book called Spiritual Birthline. And in it he states, uh, in short, that when we, we often look at the Pauline experiences of salvation when Paul was you know, murderous against the church and he's knocked off his horse on the road and he's, his whole life has changed. Suddenly he's like the biggest advocate for the church and for Jesus and stuff like that. So we look at these Pauline experiences of salvation where someone's changed by God in an instant. We lift those up. Those are the ones that we celebrate. They seem to be going headlong away from Jesus in a straight line. You know, and, and something, you know, they, they get knocked off their proverbial horse, however it happens, which is often accompanied by some sort of a physical healing or emotional healing or what have you. And there's this great about face going towards Jesus. Clear to all, powerful change, right? But so many of us don't come to Jesus that way. We don't. We actually come to Jesus in this slow, gentle arc, don't we? We really do, most of us. We actually come to Jesus over time, which is, which is totally fine and normal. It doesn't make, it doesn't, it's not different. We begin, we begin life walking in the opposite direction away from Jesus. But the voice of God through the Scripture, through people, through situation, through experiences start to speak to us. And one day we wake up and we're facing Jesus and we say, I believe you, Jesus. I love you. I want to be a part of this whole thing. When it actually happened we, we isn't always so clear. We don't really know, especially to those who have grown up in a Christian home, under Christian teaching, who went to college and did all the crazy stuff in college and wondered why we did that. And all that junk. That foundational stuff is actually a great way to, to have it happen to you. It just doesn't feel as sexy. Right? Doesn't, it's not a great story to tell. Well, I gave my life to Jesus in Sunday school, five years old. Well, you didn't get knocked off a horse? No, that's kind of boring. Amen. God's been working through your family line. And there are instances in the New Testament where people had received the gospel message, but they didn't understand that they needed to receive the Spirit. Now, do I get that? No, I don't. Messes with my world a little bit. That's okay. I'm not in charge. (laughs) Right? Have you ever been filled with the Spirit? Have your sins been forgiven in Jesus? Have you... Have you had that? Has anyone ever verbally provided that affirmation for you? Have they led you in that prayer to receive the gospel, to receive the Spirit of God, or just to be filled with the Spirit? That's a question with which you may want to wrestle today. And I've been praying that you would. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know at all. And there is no shame in that. No shame whatsoever. (laughs) Right? Smart people ask questions, right? But I'd invite you this morning, if that's the case, to come up and have someone lead you prayerfully in that. Right after the sermon, we always do prayer ministry. Come up and do that. If you're sure it hasn't happened, do not leave here today without having someone pray over you because this can be the day of your salvation. It can be. 
And if you're just not sure, if you've been a part of the church your whole life, you're just not sure what's up with you, come up front and make this the moment that you are sure. We all need affirmation. We need each other to speak these things into our lives. Moments like this are important moments. They are divine invitations. They are important. And you saying to God, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, that I want your spirit, or I want more of your spirit, or even I want a renewal of your spirit's power in my life, I feel stuck, is never, ever, ever a bad thing. Amen? Amen. Because we do have a decision to make, and it is an important decision to make. It's a worth it. John 5, 17, Jesus is being challenged by some of the Jewish leaders, and he says, my father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. And then in verse 19, he says, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So God is at work. God is at work. God is at work. And we want to be about his work. Not about our work and saying it's his work. We want to be about his work, right? And I love that idea. I love that there's a job, there's, there's a task, good work, right? There's, we, have some, we have work to do, we have something to do. God's the foreman on the job site, so to speak, right? It's like he's saying, Joanna, go over there and help Rob build that wall. He doesn't feel like he's doing a jo- good job. Tell him how well he's doing and just help him, just be by his side and help him do it. Or he's saying, Jason, go over there and tell Jamie she, does, she doesn't something for me. She doesn't, you know, feel like her work is valuable. Remind her that I'm really pleased with her, her efforts. Or he's saying, Jack Nicoletti, go over and tell Steve Yarnell, like, you know, go, go encourage him for me. I've got a message for him. This is what I want you to say to him. Because by the way, Jack, as a high schooler, you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you to speak into people's lives. Your kids, four or five years old, have that power. It is not limited to the pastor, right? It's not limited to a community group leader, a pastoral council member, any of those people. It is all of us. Everybody gets to play. And we're not trying to force emotional moments. That's not the intent, you know, some emotional response from people. It may be emotional. It may not. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We are simply trying to give the Spirit of God room to speak to us and room for us to respond together. Jesus was on the job side of the kingdom, doing what he saw the Father doing. Are you ready to take the Father's lead, to get about the kingdom work, to to jump in, pick up your hammer, and start building? Because that's what we're called to. See ya. Oh, you can take one. This is Father Ian who I was just saying before, we, we talked about you. I want to just stop and acknowledge 6.30 Friday night, like I said, we're, we really want to show up and, and bless you in that. God bless you. Thank you. And if your sermon had only been a little shorter, I... <laughs> receive the Holy Spirit. I one of my own Amen. Bless you, brother. See you. <laughs> See why I like him? <laughs> so Jesus is on this job site. We want to be about that work too. We want to jump in. 
And to do so that we need to be filled with the, the word of God, we need to be filled with the spirit of God, to be affirmed in our position with Jesus, to, to be confident in our place with him, uh, affirmed that when we believe and receive Jesus, we are filled with his spirit and we're growing in the knowledge of the word and we're experiencing the spirit's power in our life, which takes practice, by the way, through, through taking risks of faith, in a kingdom lifestyle, to actually listening and walking out and doing the things that he's calling us to do. And oftentimes, God is using others to lead us there. He's using Alicia to challenge us to pray for our neighbors and evangelize them, right? Remember, Jesus told Nicodemus, a Jewish leader who knew the scriptures inside and out, right? In John chapter 3, verse 8, he said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes or from where it's going, where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Amen. Everyone's invited. Everyone gets to play. No, you cannot control the Spirit of God. He will not be controlled. He blows where He pleases. I can't force that in your life. I can't make you accept it. I can't, you know, like orchestrate it and all that kind of stuff, no matter how hard I try. He blows where he pleases. But I can say that you can be confident that he is inviting you. And maybe for the first time to be filled and to know for sure that your sins are forgiven. Maybe for others in this room, he's inviting you right now into a deeper life of experiencing the Spirit's power in your lives today. Either way, Come up and receive prayer and do not let that divine moment pass you by. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now saying, I need prayer, you better go up. Not or else, but you should. (laughs) One of the reasons God loves the diversity in his church is that everyone, it's because everyone has the ability to reach different kinds of people with, you know, and uniquely connect with them on their journey. It takes all of us, right? So let the Spirit direct you. Be a part of that journey. Christians, by the way, are the first and true multiculturalists. We are. Racism, ageism, division, dividing walls of hostility, and all that kind of stuff, all broken down as we come under the Lordship of Jesus and salvation and empowered with the Spirit, submitting ourselves to the directive work of the Spirit informed by the Word of God along the way. So from that little boy who shared his lunch and fed over 5,000 people to the woman at the well whose story changed and impacted a whole entire village to a young Jewish girl named Mary who said yes to God and was able to birth the Messiah into the world to the few students who gathered under that haystack and prayed for the people groups of the world, birthing the modern mission movement, to Alicia praying over her neighbors as she looks out her window and sees the lights in their windows, and to Steph this week listening to the Holy Spirit's lead, grabbing her neighbor to get together a neighborhood party so that she can expand the kingdom ministry of herself into, into, into the neighbors around us. Everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play. 
And he's commissioned us. He's commissioning us to, into this kingdom work of bringing freedom, bringing peace, bringing healing, bringing power into the lives of each other and those who don't yet know Jesus. So let's say yes to that. Let's say yes to that. If you want this morning to be filled with the power of the Spirit in your life today, if you want for the first time to, to experience Christ in your life or just you know, more of the Spirit in your life or, or find affirmation in Jesus' invitation to kingdom life or, or you need healing or whatever you need this morning, come on up and be prayed for today. Do not let that divine moment pass you by. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I... I am so grateful for this time, for, for these words. I hope that they have been your words. And whatever is of Jason, let it fall away and blow away in the wind. I pray that your message, whatever you say to each one of our hearts in that unique way that you can do it, sticks and, and just grows and roots itself way down into our bodies, up into our minds and our hearts, just extending out into our limbs. I pray that the root of the gospel, the root of the kingdom of God, the root of the Holy Spirit would just overtake our body, overtake our minds, overtake our hearts, and that we would be willing and active participants in your kingdom ministry.